Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm your host, Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about The Hexologists by Josiah Bancroft. So let's hex the magic of books. Now, just to be upfront with you guys, I did get an, an ARC of this copy, or an advanced reader copy. This was a great book, though. I had so much fun while reading it. It is definitely worth it and just amazing. Now, I am going to try to keep this non-spoilery for at least a minute or two before we get into all of the excitement and fun. But needless to say, Josiah Bancroft's word choice and his wordsmithing is super on point in this book. It is beautiful to read. There are many times where I was looking up words because I didn't know what it was, but I knew what it was because of the context that he'd placed it in. But I wanted to know, is this actually what I'm thinking it is? Yes, it was. It was perfect. And it never made me feel like, okay, we keep using all these words I don't know. Like, just, you know, say what you mean. No, that's his style. And it works really well for him again in this book. I thought his characters were phenomenal in this book. The the main couple, this is not a spoiler because it, like there's literally just their names. Warren Wilby and Isolde Wilby, they are hilarious together. They both have these... Um, like they both have their own idiosyncrasies and their own things they like to do and the way they talk with each other and that you can tell that they just love each other so much and it's brought up a lot how much they love each other and we'll talk about that in a little bit as well but it it's so fun the the atmosphere this is a steampunk book so you're kind of getting that mix of magic well it's a different type of steampunk because it's not necessarily steam but it's that mix of magic and technology so you've kind of got that steampunkish vibe, but not necessarily like a true steampunk book. Now, if we talk about some of the other things I like to look for, the writing, like I already said, it's amazing. He writes spectacularly. His chapter titles are amazing. And the things he came up with in this are just awesome. And they're just so good in this one. I can't state it enough how much fun I had reading it. And part of that is his word choice and his writing ability. You know, he's able to craft it and make it sound good and make it funny or not funny based on these tones. And, you know, each character has their own real voice. Like, you can definitely tell, like, oh, this is this person speaking even without really seeing it. Or this is this person. Just amazing. Now, the plot, it's a uh, little bit of a mystery, a little bit of uh, shenanigans. I really, now, I think I'm going to actually save that for the spoiler section. So hopefully I'll remember in about a minute and a half when I get back to it. But I'll tell you what it felt like to me, what kind of vibes I was getting. It was really fun. And like I said, I just, I really had a hard time putting this book down. I loved it so much. The rules that he built followed through with each other. I never saw anything that was like, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Why did this happen? No, it's just really fun. Okay, so... That's it. I think we're going to have to go into spoilers now. Three minutes in and we're already in spoiler section. But it's just that good of a book sometimes where you have a hard time talking about it without actually talking about it. So let's just talk about really quick what kind of vibes I was getting. Now, I was getting huge Sherlock Holmes vibes and Warehouse 13 vibes. Now, it's a little bit of a mystery. They're investigators slash adventurers. Now that I think about it, I'm also feeling a little bit of an Indiana Jones vibe. And that kind of mixes more with the Warehouse 13. So if you haven't seen it or don't know of it, Warehouse 13 is about a warehouse, magical warehouse, where these agents go out and collect artifacts or yeah, artifacts and dangerous things so that they don't hurt anybody. So they grab it, they store it in their bag or their warehouse, and then, you know, using them has consequences, etc., etc. So Sherlock Holmes, because it's a mystery, 
the Warehouse 13 because they've got just this bag of magical items that they're always using and just the fun adventures that they have. It just really reminded me of that kind of series and scene. And so I just, I loved it. And like I said, the humor was amazing. This, the great opening line, it was fantastic. And they're so good when you find a really good one. It's first opening line is, the king wishes to be cooked alive, the royal secretary said. You know, and then it goes on from there. But just like, you know, it establishes this, okay, that's weird. Why would he want to be cooked alive? And it's the king. You know, we just move on from there. It's so funny. Now, um, this was one thing. This was the kind of the one thing that like I wasn't. This is so weird because it's not even a complaint. It's just something I kind of noticed is like the love that Warren and Is, which, you know, uh, Isolde goes by Is, show each other. And, you know, frequently it, it makes us, it reminds us that like, this couple loves to have sex. They love each other and they do it all the time and they're very loud. And just, I love that it's like, yes, they broke, they, they lost their Sunday morning, but they made up for it a Sunday night. And if you ever stayed at their house, you'd hear it. And if you tried to shame them about it, they'd be like, well, what's wrong with you? You're at my house. Why are you trying to, you know, shame me for this? Do you not get a, enough of your own? And but it's just so funny and hilarious. And I was like, I'm not complaining because it's not like bad in there. Like it makes sense and it's just funny. But at the same time, it's like, man, this is like, it's just felt like a lot more than I normally will get in a book. And that's not a bad thing. So let's talk about a little quick uh, rundown of the plot here. Zolde is and Warren will be are tasked with running down a blackmail attempt on the king who also wants to be baked into a cape. They accept it. They don't normally like to work for the crown. So they start looking for leads into this letter who... You know, says, oh, I'm the king's heir, and I'm going to come, and I want to, you know... It doesn't even have any demands in it, really. But they visit her mother at the library with a blowgun. That was such a funny scene, going to the library, and somebody's making a lot of noise, and a librarian that's, like, perched up on the top um, looks down, sights him with a blowgun, which they have multiple sizes to go distances, and then just sock him with a blowgun. It was hilarious. And the chapter title for that chapter is called Three Sato Voke Sniper. It's just hilarious and so evocative, and you're like, okay, how's this going to work? In the next chapter, blessed to death, and you'll see why that's when you read it. But it's just so evocative, these chapter titles, and so so good. You can really tell you put a lot of work into it, and they are awesome. So they visit the bar with an imp or an incubus and I while searching for their answers about uh, who has died and where they are. And this one was kind of an interesting one because I was like, um, incubuses generally have a different meaning than an imp and incubuses don't really go for alcohol most times but i was not like i said it's a very minor thing and it's nothing to turn you off of of the series so uh, they go searching for answers in a in a rundown hospital they encounter a dragon and granddad their magical sack of uh of artifacts they meet the gloaming god who is mostly tongue and lives in the shadow realm while investigating the premier alchemist uh Mr. Chamondele, and then they have some more shenanigans. They learn more about Chamondele and his ten kids. They find a secret note. They reveal that no, he is not the heir. Oh wait, it turns out he is, but they definitely can't reveal that, or they'll be killed. And so they, you know, the book ends with them running off to their next adventure, getting ready for their next adventure. Now, it was so funny, and if my plot, which is mostly my plot recap, which is kind of bad doesn't uh, excite you for the end there. It's a very well done ending and it makes perfect sense, you know, how they display that. Now let's do some character talking here. Warren War will be 
He is hilarious. He loves to cook. He's always obsessed with it. He's like the perfect gentleman. He's always wearing his, I just imagine him in like plaid slash tweed like suits and like, it's just so funny. And then he's always obsessing over his carpet. And it's like, oh, the carpet doesn't really match anything, but I really liked it. And they have to rearrange stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm going to cook this. And they're going to an orphanage. And he's like, okay, well, it's 930 at night. If I start baking now, if I start this now, I can be done by this. And he's like, you can't expect me to go to the orphanage empty handed. You know, he just bakes a ton of stuff. And it was just hilarious. And then, you know, we do see one time there is, he is a serious man, right? And he does love his wife, obviously. But he does get to this one point where he's like, he crosses a line and he's like, I want to just beat you to death. But I'm going to stop because my wife, you know, is here and stopping. And that's not who I want to be. I don't want to beat you to death, even though I want to. I don't want to want to do that. And so he's like, okay, I'm calm. And then his wife's like, the guy's talking. He's like, you're okay. What do you mean you're okay? And his, his wife's like, hey, you should uh, stop talking now before he goes back and decides to finish the job. Just so good and so realistic, his characters, and so lifelike to me. Now, Zolde, she is so funny. She has this obsession with finding things out, and she has her own thing, her own kind of uh, rituals. She's named all of her coats, and if you wanted to try and take one, you know, woe be to you. She's an amazing hexologist, which uh, they draw hexes, and they kind of depend. The hexes are kind of the interesting magic. We'll talk about the magic in just a little bit, but she's quite good at drawing hexes and making them work. So fun. And just her mannerisms and that she's cold, but not really cold. She just doesn't... Uh, you know, put on a face that shows like, oh, I really care, even if she does. So fun. Princess Constance, she felt, she's an interesting one because, you know, we learn things about her through the end. And she's kind of, she almost seems one-dimensional, but she's really not. And she has kind of these other side things. Now we meet Victor Chalmondele, who's just a jerk. He adopted 10 kids and then said, I'm going to prove that I'm going to test and see, not prove, he's going to try and test and see if you can take 10 kids out of the gutter and make them, you know, powerful or smart. And lo and behold, after 10 years, he decided, or after, after they were all 18, you know, and he kicked them all. He's like, nope, you can't. Gutter rats will always be gutter rats. And they're like, wow, you suck. <laughs> we hate you. And so funny. Okay. And then while they're going on, uh, Isolde gets inside of her, her magic bag, which they call Granddad, which is just a hilarious name for it. I don't know why they call him that, but they do, right? And she meets a dragon, uh, Tertius Feliovox, and he's so funny. He's like, I'm going to eat you. Don't you like, he's like, oh, I'm so glad to have somebody else here besides the infinite goat. And his old he's like, what's, what's that? He's like, well, surely you've heard of a goat before. He's like, well, yes, of course. But what do you mean an infinite goat? Oh, it's a goat that grows back if you don't eat the horns. And he's like, I'm sure the goat was very frustrated at me. He's just so... He's so silly and he's talkative and he's like, I love your glasses that you lost in here. They allow me to read even though I'm illiterate. You know, they translate anything for me. Just so much of this book just had me, you know, rolling on the floor and laughing. You know, we meet, we don't meet, but we see about, or rather I should say we learn about Professor Silas Wilby, who is his old age dad. And we learn that, you know, all of these adventures that he went on were basically just him tracking down magical artifacts. And then as soon as he found it, he would abandon the, the quest you know, to the fate of many people, he was messing up everybody's lives because he'd stop halfway through before he even started. It was quite funny just reading about it and learning about it. So, like I said, though, this book was so fun. And the, the lots of twists and turns where you think, okay, this is how it is, and this is what was going on. And then you take a slight turn, and you're like, oh, nope, this is how it is. And only 
through the, the intervention, not intervention, but the uh, at the request of the not the not her request, but Isolde requests of the god of goddess of grotesques. You know, a year after her death, her soul will go into a gargoyle to watch and things. But she learns what truly happened, and then we see that oh, the princess is the sorcerer. She's got all three. Well, she's got the four magic. She's got hexagy, wizardry, and alchemy, and potentially necromancy. But that's super rare to be able to do more than one thing. Now, so let's talk about the magic real quick before we finish off here. Magic was pretty cool in this one. You've got four basic types of magic here. Well, five, but we'll talk about it. We got hexagy, necromancy, wizardry, and alchemy. Now, necromancy and wizardry have kind of been outlawed and are pushed to the side after these great wars that they had in the in the history of this world. And so your main thing going on right now is alchemy. Produces a lot of pollution, but they're also producing their electrohol or their you know, type of gasoline and their electricity and their lights. And then to the side you have hexagy, which is drawing hexes in the, you know, in the shapes of things and on things or in the air. And that's kind of the weakest of the magics. Can do a lot of things, but has to be very precise. You know, sometimes depending on what you're drawing it on, where you're drawing it, the time of year, you know, all sorts of things that can mess it up. But to be kind of involved in this, you have to be like hexagy requires you have great art skills basically because you have to draw these out right necromancy is all about the power of song or like you singing wizardry is a command of ancient languages you know or many languages most of which are dead versus alchemy which is more of a dancing and movement style thing and so the way that these all interplay and they work it was really exciting to see and you know i just remembered i had this one line i wanted to read you guys it's right after uh, Warren pushes something, not pushes, but like sends something to a, the shadows, basically, the shadow realm. And so you can kind of come up through shadows, right? And he uh, says, When Warren wore the anguished expression of a man who had inadvertently set his house on fire while trying to kill a spider, touching off a conflagration that could leap to the homes of his neighbors, consuming first the block, then the city, then the nation. And it's just so funny, like, because he's like, oh, crap, I just sent this thing to the shadow realm, and now it can just, like, reach up through the shadows and grab things and take them down, and it's kind of everywhere now until it's eaten by the gloaming god, which is mostly tongue, which is just so funny. Like, all these things, he's just like, oh, yeah, it's this, and this is this. And then he's like, oh, and this, that, that, that. And it's just hilarious, and just, like, it all works together so well, and the peril is real, and I was, like, on the edge of my seat sometimes being like, what is going to happen here? What's going to happen there? You know, and we'll find out. So, but I think that's going to cover everything I have to say about the Hexologist by Josiah Bancroft. First in a series. Uh, I don't know when the next book will be coming out. Probably a year or two. Uh, doing a little bit of checking. Seems like he publishes every year or every two years when he's writing. Depends on how well he's doing or how fast it's going for him. So that's totally chill. I'm super excited for the next one. It was awesome, everybody. You know, thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. Of course, if you have any questions or comments, please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to hex the magic of books. <laughs> <laughs>